time for Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin'. Let's begin. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you here. It is Monday, December 21st, Christmas week. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Looking forward to Christmas this year. Finally got all the last of my shopping done on Saturday, so I'm feeling good. Did well. Feeling good about the shop. Got uh, everyone that was nice, got their good stuff. Even a few people are naughty, got some stuff. So anyway, so good to have you joining here. It is Christmas week, and we're so thrilled that you're joining us. This podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to have you as our listener, our to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. We are accomplishing that. People getting reports of listening to us all over, during all kinds of different things. And a lot of drive time, a lot of workout time, a lot of work in the yard time, things like that. It's just a great way to passively grow as a professional. And we're thrilled that you've chosen our podcast to do that. Check out industrysyndicate.com. Also, mortgagemedia.com. Two places where they aggregate other podcasts and you can listen to them. We have a special guest today that I'm really excited about. I mean, especially looking at the new year. I do a lot of consulting in the area of marketing. What's the new way? And we're all looking at the new year. So we have joining us today, Nick Hedges, who is CEO at Moment Feed. And you'll hear his background a little bit, but very celebrated background. His companies are famous. Velocify is one of the companies he's had. He's other companies. You can't wait to read interviews. It's going to be really, really good. It's live, too. So get ready to text me your questions as we're doing the podcast on the interview in the second half in the Hot Topic segment. And I'll get your questions over to Nick as we're interviewing him. It'll be a great interview. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America. Grateful for our partnership with them. Be sure to get signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance app. Get that downloaded on your mobile device so that you can have your voice heard in Washington, D.C. And you do not need to be a member of the NBA, as I see each and every week, but you should be. So get out and get membership going, number one. Number two, listen to the interview we did with Marina Wash about cost, average cost per loan, where things are at. Real insightful, and especially as we're going into the new year. Great podcast that you're planning the next year, and that was done on September 14th, 2020. Also, a special thank you goes to Finastra, their Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. It does a great job of tracking virtually every aspect of the mortgage banking process. It's a convenience, especially when you look at post-closing functions from point of sale all the way through the whole process. So really pleased with our partnership with them. We're going to be doing some New Year programs in conjunction with each other. We're really excited about that. Also, Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative, both of these co-ops are great places. We did an interview of Justin Demolia back in June. We're going to be getting him back on soon, but we also did recently on December 7th, an interview of Tom Gallucci at the Mortgage Collaborative. Again, the reason you want to become a part of a collaborative or a co-op, which both of these are, is because you get up close and personal. You get to meet vendors in a closer, more meaningful way. You also get to know your peers and peer analysis and what others are doing is so important. Also, we want to say a special thank you to Indicom. It has many solutions for every stage of the mortgage life cycle. And we had them on Linda Bomar and Nairan, who was there with us on August 
2020, and then Incelerate. It does a great job of working with companies and engaging borrowers. An interview with Josh Fine back in August 17th. Also, Celebrity Home Loans does a great job of acquiring companies and growing through acquisitions. You need to pay attention to Celebrity. What uh, Dave Robnett and that company is doing there is pretty exciting. Also, Innovian, which helps you maximize earnings and optimize your ability to really put together rate sheets for getting interest rates out in a timely manner. You got to go back and listen to the podcast we did with Ted Kramer on December 14th. That was an excellent interview. And also, for those of you that are not into secondary marketing or the capital markets, Ted does a great job of talking about the capital markets and where they've been, where they're going, and the complexities that go into it. Just a great informative podcast for anybody to listen to. A lot of great content there. Also, Knowledge Coop is a learning management system Ken Perry has. It's a great program. We love working with them. Also, Mobility RE, as well as Modex. These two companies do a great job of helping you create tools for originating loans and gives you intelligence as well as recruiting top LOs. You need to check out in our website, Looking on Lending, these two companies and what they specifically do. I'm really pleased and the difference it's made for a number of our clients who have brought both of these companies in to work and help them on the recruiting side. Also, Virtual Electronic Mortgage Marketing Assistant is Velma, Brent Embler, also Vendorsurf and Vidyard. So grateful for all of our sponsors. A special thank you goes out to Alice, Alan, and Matt for their contributions each and every week. But right now, we're about ready to get into our Hot Topic segment. For those of you listening live, just stay right here. We're going to get right into it. Folks, welcome to the Hot Topic segment of the Lickin' and Lenny podcast. Today, we have Nick Hedges joining us. He is CEO. CEO of Momentbeed, really interesting new company that he started, and we'll be discussing changes that's going on in the mortgage industry, specifically when you look at digital marketing. He's going to educate us on how marketing to consumers has changed, with a special focus on the drivers of what has that change been, and what does this mean for the new year? What can we be looking forward to? And we have got a real expert on this topic, and I'm so excited to have Nick Hedges joining us on the podcast. Nick, good to have you here. Thank you. Very nice to be with you and your kind words. Well, your success is something that so many people admire, and I want our audience just to get to know you a little bit before we get into some really good stuff, because if they don't know you, they should know you, and if they think they know you, there's some things in your your background I think is just fascinating. We do have, Nick, a lot of people that are new to the industry or wanting to come into the mortgage industry that listen to our podcast, get a lot of emails from college kids and those considering a career in either mortgage technology or in the mortgage industry, and so I want to gain some insights to your background as some of our listeners may know, probably a lot of them know, that you grew Velocify from a young startup to a top sales acceleration platform for the financial services right. industry. And a good number of our listeners are very familiar with Velocify. But if you talk a little bit about that company, and not only did you start something, but you successfully sold it and you survived right. in that sale. That's pretty amazing. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I joined Velocify when it was a really small company and it wasn't called Velocify. It was called Lead 360. So I was working at a company called Bain and Company. I had just graduated from Harvard Business School a couple of years before that. I had entrepreneurialism sort of coursing through my veins and working at Bain & Company was fantastic, but wasn't scratching that itch. 
So one of my classmates from Harvard Business School, who was a venture capitalist, introduced me to Lead360 that he had just invested in. He said, look, this company is kind of tiny. They do something associated with lead gen, but it's not lead gen, it's software. And we don't really know. The mortgage industry is going through hard times because this was back at the end of 2007. And we need you to come in and see if you can help figure out how to grow it. And so took a look at the company. I saw that it had a lot of potential because what they were doing was taking internet leads and helping mortgage companies primarily organize them and email them and call them and that kind of thing. And I could see how it would be difficult without that kind of system with the kind of volume of leads that these companies were buying to do it. So jumped into the company. I started there in a more of a kind of strategy and business development role, ended up running sales within a few months of being there and then marketing and became the chief revenue officer. And after I'd been there for about a year and a half, they asked me to be the CEO, which is what I did for the following seven years. I mean, they recognized that. I think founders for uh, Lead360, they found a good venture capitalist, but you sold the company to Ellie Mae and you then Correct. moved over to the corporate side. And I want to talk a little bit about your perspective, about your entrepreneurial itch, that passion that you have, and then finding yourself in big Ellie Mae as the consumer strategy functioner. Yeah. So it was a fantastic experience. We decided that we really wanted to kind of double down on some of the things that we were doing. And so beginning of 2017, I met with Jonathan Core, the oh, CEO yeah. at the time. And I said, look, here's all these things I'm building. And I really want to be more deeply integrated into the LMA platform than we already are. Like our customers just get huge value from us working together. And I just want to build out something that does a better job of enabling consumers to enjoy a digital mortgage. And it means we're going to have to be passing information back and forth. And he said, that's sort of dead on with my strategy too. How do you think about doing it as one company? And I was like, oh, you're asking whether I would join forces with you. And he said, yeah, I mean, I think it makes a ton of sense. So anyway, six yep. months passed. And at the end of it, we were part of Ellie Mae, which was super exciting, incredible company, obviously had a lot more scale than we did. We were about a 250 person company. I think they were probably a more of a 2,500 person company at the time. <laughs> Yeah. See, they're bigger now. And so a lot of my job, frankly, was helping with integrating the two businesses. But one of the other aspects of it, as you said, was leading that consumer engagement strategy, which was how do we achieve the true digital mortgage? Because a true digital yeah. mortgage, as Ellie May saw it, wasn't just about being able to pass information from one screen to another by a consumer, but it was also enveloping that process with phone calls and the ability to email someone and text them when things didn't go right. And so that was super interesting, very exciting. However, entrepreneurs are born to be so. And being a, a big company, even though it was doing some interesting things, wasn't kind of my, my life's passion. And so after we've been at it for a year and a half, made some good progress, I talked to Joe Tyrell, who I reported to directly and said, I'm having a great time, but I, I want to go and do something new, like as in start something again or get into something very early because that's where I'm really excited enough. I think Joe was a little disappointed to lose me, but he's a really great guy and understood it. Yeah. I span off and 
spent the following six months sort of wandering through the wilderness trying to figure out what my next big idea would be. I can't wait to get into that here in just a minute. I want to talk about Joe Tyrell. We yeah. had him on the podcast recently. He did an interview with him, some of the things that they're doing. Now Joe's got a huge right. task in front of him, very capable of doing it. The task right. is as big as he is tall. He's a tall, tall guy. But um, yeah. I want to get into talking about what you're doing, especially with Mobile Feed. I love that name, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get into that just a little bit later, and several people are sure. saying, how oh, to talk about it. So we want to talk about it, but I want to educate our listeners a little bit on, I mean, we could go into your background. We start kind of mm-hmm. giving a little bit of a historical overview on lead generation and digital marketing. Did Harvard education yeah. prepare you? Yeah. I mean, I think Harvard Business School, it's a pretty interesting place. You learn everything from conversation. It's, they call it the Socratic method. Okay. So there's less about reading books and more about reading short business examples, cases, they call them. And then a class of 80 to 20 to 30 year olds who are your kind of classmates talk about that business and the dilemma they had and how they should go about fixing it. And you have a professor who's sort of prompting you and asking questions and so on. So what it does is it really kind of gets you always thinking about how to solve problems, which is essentially sort of what you need to do in order to be an entrepreneur and what you need to do to succeed as a business leader is continuously make decisions when you have limited information. You only have partial information. So yeah, I think it, it certainly helped, but I wouldn't say I spent a lot of time working on kind of digital marketing strategy when I was at Harvard Business School. I gave you the business cases. I love how Harvard Business Review always talk about these cases. They're legendary for that. I love that, what they're doing. Yeah. So I'm glad we had a chance to touch on that. But give us a little bit of an overview of lead generation, digital marketing. If you could just spend a some few moments, just educate our listeners. Where has it been and what are we coming up to? Yeah, so lead generation, one of the early parts of the internet. So if we go back even further, before the internet existed, branding was everything, right? So the, my first job out of college, I worked for Ogilvy & Mather, which is a global advertising oh, wow. agency. Yeah. I'm making big blockbuster TV ads. My clients were Ford Motor Company and Kodak. And so we spent more on TV advertising and making a TV ad than any blockbuster that's ever made or ever been made since. It was just all about those TV ads and getting consumers to consume the same brand story and buy the same things as one another. Mass consumerism, essentially. The internet changed everything and enabled businesses to have one-on-one communication with individuals. People sometimes call it mass individualism. And so when the internet became the dominant source of information, it had this kind of really deep impact on how consumers consume. And they now, when it comes to lead generation, the first thing that a consumer will do when they are trying to make a decision really about anything, they open a web browser, whether that be on their phone, whether that be on a computer, or sometimes whether it's a Siri or Alexa conversation, but they're entering the internet. And so what happened with lead generation was that it was the first part of the process. People Mm. opened their web browser, they got onto the internet and they couldn't find what they wanted. So they were looking for a mortgage and they were trying to find a mortgage, but they couldn't get the information that they needed. And so companies like LendingTree and Lower My Bills, who were right at the beginning, the the kind of entrepreneurial boom in the internet. Yeah, so Lower My Bills and LendingTree and a number of other companies realized that there were all these consumers looking for information about mortgages. They wanted to get a mortgage. They'd started on the internet. They were willing to put their information into the internet. And so LendingTree and Lower My Bills set out kind of marketing net 
to collect yep. all these consumers up and then they funneled them back into mortgage companies so that the mortgage companies could then talk to them in the more traditional way, which was picking up the phone and speaking to them. So that's sort of how lead generation got born. And it's been around for you know, probably 20 years at this point, became very prevalent in the last decade and obviously continues to grow and grow. Any quick insights you have to say on how we're seeing it shift? Yeah. So I think when it comes to the, the internet, depending on when you were sort of at the height of consumerism and how prevalent the internet was then, kind of guides how you use the internet today, right? So if you're a baby boomer, when you joined the workforce, the internet wasn't a thing. It wasn't a way that people consumed at all. And so someone in their 70s uses the internet, but it's not necessarily the first thing that they think of when they're trying to make a decision about what they buy. However, you think about Gen X, which I'm a member of, internet was starting to be a thing when we entered the workforce. Like I was one of the first people who like really knew about the internet at my company. And so most Gen Xers will start their buying journey for anything with the internet, but then they'll quickly jump out from the internet because they're very comfortable with a non kind of digital world. You take millennials, they enter uh-huh. the workforce. I mean, they were born in the internet, many of them. And so for them, everything starts and ends with the internet. So that's really where a digital mortgage comes from. Like millennials in particular expect not only to start the buying journey, but complete their buying journey. The greatest changes in digital marketing is that. Right. And you're a great thought leader. I mean, you look at what you started, started a lead company similar to Lower My Bills and some of the others. It was a small company. It grew. Then you rebranded the company as Velocify and got it sold. And then you obviously are seeing some opportunities. And I can only imagine Joe Tyrell did uh, weep a little bit at the loss of you because you're a good critical thinker. So talk a little bit about the digital world that we see ourselves now. Where is it going, especially as we look into the new year right around the corner, how we should be looking at it. Yeah, so I think the interesting thing is, I mean, maybe not into the next year, but over the next few years, there's another generation coming through the workforce, right, which is Gen Z. And they're going to be buying homes fairly soon too. So that's going to have a big impact on the mortgage industry. So if we're thinking out maybe five, 10 years, how does a Gen Z think about things? Well, they were literally like, the, the internet was flourishing by the time they were born. They don't know anything else. They've been on social media since the day they could read. And they expect a digital native experience for everything. And so what I mean by that is there really is no internet for them. Like everything is the internet, which really means that they expect an experience that is digital woven into their real life. And so what will happen over the next five to 10 years is artificial intelligence will meld with the internet so that we can have a truly digital experience in the real world. I know it sounds a little bit futuristic, but you can imagine in the future, I have an assistant talking in my ear, which might be Siri or Alexa, but could be something else. I'm constantly having a conversation with them. So I might be sitting at my desk and I'd say, hey, I really think I should buy a new home. And someone will talk in my ear and say, oh, that's interesting. Well, you have had a pay rise recently. You probably do qualify to be able to get a mortgage. What kind of home mm-hmm. do you want, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you're having this sort of natural conversation at the point that the AI is stretched to its maximum limit. It will probably say, okay, well, I, I can't really answer that question. Would you like to speak to a mortgage bank? Would you like to talk to a loan officer? And I say, yeah, sure. And then the loan officer will come on the phone or I say, well, actually, I prefer to meet someone. Directions will be sent to my Tesla car or whatever it may be. It will drive to the local loan officer and have a conversation with them, but it will be very kind of integrated. And so that's where things are going. And so it's a pretty interesting world because we tend to think about online as being one thing and offline being another, and the two Mm -hmm. emerging. And that's really kind of the idea for Moment Feed sort of came to 
together, mm. which is the buyer's journey begins online, regardless of pretty much what generation. That's what the process is really beginning right. online, but it's exactly. really continuing through the entire process. And so my daughter's a Gen Zer. We married her off a year ago, and yes. they're very successful in their careers and doing very, very well. Already a financial planner, already looking to buy their first home. And the first question they ask, which really goes right down and validates what you're saying is, Dad, we really don't want to talk to anybody. We just want to start learning everything we can. Is there a website right. you can send us to where we can just start learning and gaining knowledge? So I directed them to a particular company that does a really good job and they're not selling one bit. Do these people want to be sold? Is it, It's just information. At least that's what I'm picking up talking to my own daughter. Yeah, I think people want to do a lot of research themselves these days. Okay. Most buyers come into the process very, very educated, whether it's a mortgage or anything else. So even as a car dealer, I've talked to people in the automotive industry and people turn up now to their dealership knowing more about the specifications of the vehicle than the person at the dealership. And so you have a very educated consumer that wants information when they can't get it and they want it now, right? As a mortgage bank, you need to be able to cater to that. You need to cater to their education journey, but also when they want the information, they want it right now. And so you have to have a digital marketing strategy that enables you to interact with the consumer however they want to interact, whether it's in person, because in person still is important, or whether it's phone or whether it's text, but you have to be there at the moments in their journey where the information they're getting online is either confusing or uh, a little bit less than what they need. We're getting a lot of questions. And one of our listeners just texted me a question. You mentioned earlier about a digital native experience. Could you expand just a little bit on that? Yeah. So for me, what a digital native experience means is you no longer are thinking about the experience being digital, like digital is woven into your everyday life. So you're not necessarily going through a computer and turning it on and looking at the internet, it's happening with you and around you. So one example that's almost that is that everyone carries a phone today. And so as I'm walking out of my house, making sure I have the keys in my pocket and pulling out my iPhone and I'm writing some kind of search term for whatever it is I want. Like maybe I'm on the way to the office, but I'm hungry and I write coffee on Google. And it's sort of highly integrated into the way that I do things. And that experience is becoming more and more digitally native. So nowadays, like my kids, I think they talk to Alexa in my house more than they talk to me. They like will ask her questions about everything. They'll, she'll play their music. And that's how things are becoming. Let's go, Alice, first. Any questions you have based on what you've heard so far? Well, actually, Dave, yeah, this has been fascinating. And of course, I've been in moment eight as we've been talking. So you said you wanted to wait to kick that off. But I don't know if I can wait. I really want to hear more about moment speed. <laughs> and Alice, with all that you're doing, a kudos to you on how you're interacting with the things you've done. We've talked about that in previous podcast. Alan, any questions you have right now before we get into what moment feed is about no not at all nick just i've been talking a couple years and congrats on all the success and i'm excited to hear what's new all right let's talk about moment feed what is the name moment feed everyone wants to know where that comes from talk about it yeah i didn't come up with the name but someone else did like the founder i'm again sort of taking on a company that's relatively early stage so i I didn't found it but yeah moment feed it's about the fact that on the spur of the moment people want to get a feed of information when it comes to the internet so it's Mm -hmm. sort of speaking a little bit to the fact that it's partly social media partly information i sort of have to explain what it is in order for you to sort of fully understand what moment feed is but yeah 
What is the business model and what are you doing and what's the problem you're solving? Yeah, so Moment Feed is all about the digital consumer that is mobile. So a consumer goes to their phone 96% of the time when they want something and they will put in a search. And unfortunately for most brands, they don't typically put in the brand name. So for instance, one of my, right. my customers is Starbucks. You would be shocked at the, the number of people who do not put Starbucks in to their search, even when they want to go to a Starbucks. They write coffee. And something like, I think it's something like 86% of the time when a consumer puts in a search on a mobile, it's for an unbranded search term, like a category, like pizza, coffee, mortgage, bank, all those kind of things. And so what my company does is basically enables a marketing team to, in a fairly automated way, impact every signal that Google, Apple, Amazon, all of these different companies that are serving up information look at in order to determine who shows up when you do that kind of search. So if you take mortgage, for instance, if you put mortgage into a Google search or you do it on Apple or wherever, you just write, I want a mortgage. What it will do is the first couple of searches will be paid for ads, probably by Quicken or the Rocket Companies or Lama Bills, Lending Tree, something like that. A couple of links down, you'll see a little map on your phone and it will be a map of your local proximity and it will have three and sometimes four different suggestions on that map. And those are local businesses that offer a mortgage or whatever it is that you're looking for. We make sure that our customers appear in those three almost all of the time. And doing so is a pretty complex exercise where you're managing a company's local presence across a lot of digital channels and their social media strategy and all kinds of things. But my software is one single platform that optimizes all of those signals so that people show up. And the consequence of that is the businesses that use our platform, they're the ones that get picked because most people skip past the ad and they go to the map and they're like, yeah, I do want to talk to my local loan officer at whichever bank it may be. And they click on that little phone icon and they're speaking to the mortgage company straight away. And that mortgage company hasn't paid anything to Google for being there. They've just been using my software to do it. Interesting. Somewhere yep. on your website is one of the first things where it'll bring it up and you do the geocoding and things like that. How much proximity devices? We got a question. Is proximity devices? Proximity is incredibly important. Actually, what we talk about when we talk about moment feed is that it's proximity search optimization. And this is one of the things that's really interesting about the digital native experience that is starting to become prevalent. Local matters. And it doesn't just matter about writing local on your website, but it matters that you have a local network. used to be, and it still is to some extent, that you could operate in a completely phone-only kind of consumer direct manner. However, the new way of people finding things spins the balance a little bit back to branch networks again, because if you have physical locations within some decent proximity to a consumer, Google now and Apple and other people will now feature you in the search results because they care about getting people out of their homes and buying things. And if you think about it, it makes a lot of sense for Google and Apple and so on. If they Mm -hmm. don't do that in other categories, Amazon is going to be the only company left on the planet and all local businesses will disappear, right? So it's in their interest to keep commerce flowing through local channels. So it's actually a huge advantage that uh, branch network banks, mortgage banks have, because if you're a consumer direct 
business, you're typically in one or two locations and you don't have that network advantage where you're going to show up in a proximity search on what they call the Google three pack or on Apple Maps or Waze or anything like that. Interesting. This is such a fascinating topic. So your company found the niche. It sounds like they went out and you're following a similar path to what you did when you went into lead 360. And then is Moment Feed a rebrand of a previous company or was that the name of the company? No, that was the name of the company. Yeah, it was when I joined, it was quite a lot bigger than Lead360 when I joined, probably like uh, seven times larger, but nowhere near as big as Velocify became. So yeah, they're already being successful. I'm just hoping to take it to the next level. Well, what you're really doing is you're hitting right where the opportunity is, and that is, how can I compete with the big guys? I mean, Quicken is everywhere. Dave, we cannot get any ad searches. We want to be consumer direct, and Quicken is all over it here. They're the number one lender, and they don't even have a presence. So you're really hitting on something that I think should build hope for people. For sure. It levels the playing field, and I'm not to thank for it. Google and Apple and so on are, but we're sort of capitalizing on this opportunity. Yeah. I mean, if you're going up against the big guys in Consumer Direct, you're really going to have to buy leads at the end of the day because your ability to accurately be able to figure out how to buy ads at a price that makes sense on Google is just not going to happen against the really big guys. But now, the way that the world is changing, if you have a branch network, this is absolutely what you should be doing. You should be making sure that you show up in the three pack and on Apple Maps and in other places too. So this is so encouraging. I can't wait to share this out with so many people. We're going to be sending this podcast out. So talk specifically about when someone signs up with your company, walk us through the journey a little bit and how quickly does it take to get the kind of results where they're showing up on the first page? right? Yeah. The page. yeah. So it's obviously, it's not a overnight. It does take a few months. So when someone signs up with Moment Feed, we move into a kind of onboarding phase like every software company does. And essentially what we're doing is we're taking all of the local information that someone has about their company. So for each location, what facilities does it have? What's it telephone? phone numbers, address, geolocation. We work on all of that kind of thing. Once we have all the correct information and it's optimized for a keyword strategy that we've defined with a client, we then push all of that information out, not just to Google, but hundreds of other websites so that all of the information everywhere on the internet is the same about each location. And then we enact a local social strategy. So you end up with a Facebook page and a social presence for every single location. It's no good just to have like one big, Facebook page for your entire business. You have to have individual Facebook pages that have postings on them for every location. And then we also work on the online reputation piece as well. So is this company getting reviews on Google and on places like Yelp and, and other more relevant ratings websites? How do we respond to those reviews? How do we get more of those reviews? So our software automates a lot of that, but we go into probably a three to six week process of getting everything right. It all starts to broadcast out. And then we normally see within depending how well set up the company was before they started with us. We typically see within about three months, the company starts to see really good results and they start to appear in the three-pack. One of the really interesting things about the banking industry in general is it's many, many years behind in terms of doing these things than, say, the restaurant industry or general retail. So there's actually a gigantic 
gigantic opportunity right now because even some of the big brands not doing a good job of doing the things that are necessary to appear in the four pack. So yeah, it's pretty much open blue ocean opportunity right now. So fascinating. The questions are coming in. Listeners, we can't possibly get to all your questions. I'm just going to tell people to go out to your website and get to know you and meet you. How can people reach you? Yeah. So obviously on the website, it directs folks to a form you can fill out and one of my salespeople will call you. You can also just reach me directly at Nick, so N-I-C-K at momentfeed.com and I'll direct you into the right place. Then I want to give a shout out also to Wendy Barber who reached out to me and she's with BPR Group Communications. So Wendy, thank you so much for doing a great job of setting this up. Really good. Fascinating. I've already got, I'm going to be getting this information and sending it on to a number of our clients. This is really valuable. Another piece of important information of how the smaller guy can compete with the bigger guy. That's where we're always wanting to help our clients and our listeners prosper. And you've been you've been a great Christmas gift to our audience and with some great information. <laughs> Thank you so much. And would you keep us posted on where you're at of the developments as we're going to be launching another podcast in the new year and it's called Innovation Mortgage Lending. I'd like to have you on that. I'd like to talk more in the future. So please keep us posted. And if there's anything that's developments, go, oh, this needs to get out. Well, we've got nearly 100,000 regular listeners. So bring it on. We'd love to have you on. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Folks, we've had as our special guest, Nick Hedges. He's CEO of Moment Feed. Be sure to check it out. Get a hold of Nick and uh, this company. And I know we went way over, but folks, wasn't it worth it? I thought it was fascinating. I could go on and on on this topic. It's one of my favorite topics. Anyways, next week, we're going to have Jessica Peterson on. She's a friend and she's talking about things you can do to set your goals, meet your goals in the new year. Jessica has been a guest in the past. You'll enjoy her podcast. Also, special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, as well as the CMLA, or the Community Mortgage Lenders of America Group, as well as Indicom, Accelerate, Mobility, RE, Mo and all the others. Check them, all of our advertisers out on our website, looking on L-Y-K-K-E-N on Lendy.com. Appreciate you all being here. It's been a great interview. So much fun. Have a great week, everyone. Merry Christmas. And uh, be sure to come back next week. And then we'll wish you a happy new year. Thank you for being here and sharing this podcast with others. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week. And thanks for listening.